The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing true stories from teens, parents, and counselors on teen dating violence. One in three young people experience physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, or all, by a dating partner. 57% of college students report being in an abusive relationship at some point. I hope today you will learn more about these horrific problems invading our schools and families. Join us and the activists around the country in promoting healthy relationships for all young people. If you think you might be in an abusive relationship or you know of someone that is, please call the Haven Family Shelter at 325-597-7644. That's 325-597-7644. Or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. Make the call today. Get help. It's the first step. Stay tuned to the Network Live today. issue it's it's almost as big as drugs and you hear about that all the time in schools you hear about it on just at work but you never hear about you know abuse and it's all over what do you think you're doing i can't i can't believe it when you tell an alcoholic they're an alcoholic they don't listen they're like no i don't have a problem that's exactly how it is you're like no i'm not in an abusive relationship until you step out of it and you actually look at the big picture this is a really big problem that goes above and beyond boys and girls just not being nice to each other. This is a problem that includes long-term health consequences, things like alcohol, smoking and drug abuse, risky sexual behavior, eating disorders, and even depression and suicide. You know, you keep kidding yourself. You're thinking, it's got to get better. It's going to get better, you know. Then you realize it's not and you realize you've been kidding yourself all this time? Well, you're in way too deep. It was our first day of high school. So it was like, you know, there was new people, lots of new people, you know. And he was there with his brother. It was basically like he didn't have the time for me at that moment. Don't interrupt me. So, like, I guess he wanted me to go away. It doesn't concern you. Get out of here! And he just turned around and hit me in my arm. And that was the very first time that I ever, like, was hit. 
the first time, you know, she came home with this bruise, and it was a perfectly round bruise. And she claims that she ran into the wall, like the door jam or whatever. This is not making any sense here. But she just denied it. And I just remember, like, a lot of people saw it and were just, like, looking at me like, you know, like they couldn't believe that I let him do that. Like, not that he did it, but that I let him do it. You know, I look back now and I wonder, did she really like him? Did she really care about him that much? Or was she just scared? And I, you know, I think that she was more scared of him than anything. When we hear the words dating abuse, we tend to think only of the physical abuse, which is hitting, shoving, slapping, that sort of thing. Uh, but there's other kinds of abuse that are really prevalent in teen dating relationships. Uh, verbal abuse, for example, is put-downs, you're so fat, you're so ugly. Um, there's emotional abuse, which usually involves threats um, to hurt um, the partner or hurt, destroy something the partner cares about or threatening to, to hurt yourself if your partner wants to break up with you, for example. Um, and then there's, there's sexual abuse where one partner is forcing or threatening the other one to do something that he or she doesn't want to do. Uh, your daughter wants to go to a movie and she wants to go with some friends. In these types of environments, the parent will naturally put up the defenses. But most parents typically put their guard down when they drop their kid off at school. Last summer, I had gone to summer school, and there was this guy in my summer school class, and he was your everyday football player. All the girls loved him. He had nice style. He had the money, everything. And he picked me. He liked me. So, of course, I was like, oh, my God. He was nice. He was very polite. I mean, he had all the qualities a boyfriend could have um, that a mom would like to see. So he was just a very nice guy. Of course, initially there was no outward signs that there was anything going on uh, that, that, that I should be concerned about. And I had always been the outcast at school, never really hanging out with the popular group. And so, you know, we started dating, and then about two weeks into the relationship, he was telling me, if you don't give me the attention I need, then I'm going to go get it from somebody else. And at first I was scared. I was like, oh, I don't want to lose him. So, you know, I gave him the attention. And he was making me not hang out with my friends, making me go over to his house at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, ridiculous stuff. I think in most cases, abusive relationships begin with a wearing down of the victim's self-esteem, feelings of um, self-respect, um, feelings of connection to other people. So um, the abusive partner is going to try to isolate uh, his partner. Why do you do this? Why? So it's an attempt on the part of one partner to dominate and control the other partner. I suspected the day that he demanded that he comes with me and her to her high school and he had to sit in with us to choose her classes. 
So it was like a light bulb went off. It was like, what is this boy doing? You know, he's controlling. How would I define a healthy relationship? One in which both partners are equal. One in which both partners are free to express what they need, what they want, make their own choices, and free to end the relationship if they choose. I had a relationship where they would try to be controlling, tell me I couldn't dance or wear certain things. When you go like to parties or dances together and they, you know, watching you real closely. When he started telling me, oh, you cannot, you can't dance with people. You have to, you know, when you go to a party, you have to be by yourself. You can't dance. Or you can't go to parties when I go or stuff like that. That's when it started happening and started trying to be controlling and trying to control you. Telling you who you can talk to and you can't have male friends and stuff like that. That's just signs. The person that's abusing in the relationship wants to be the only voice and tries to take out the um, talking with people of the opposite sex initially and then eventually the friends and family of the person so that they're the only one they're talking to about this. I would try to compromise, but compromising wouldn't work, really. Whenever we were not together and I'd be trying to hang out with my boys, you know, have a little free time with them, cell phone would blow up constantly. Always wanting to know, you know, where are you at? What are you doing? What time are you coming over? Well, I don't know. You know, every 30 seconds I had to pick up the phone. Within the hour group, she called him seven times and sent him eight text messages, you know. And so, because she wanted to know exactly where he was. Yeah, I'm still in school. And then, of course, if I don't answer it, then I have a voicemail, text message, you know, where are you at? What are you doing? There's never any free time. It's okay. They're like, well, man, she needs to know where I'm at. I'm like, no, she really doesn't need to know where you're at 24 hours a day, you know. So, so it's really interesting that, um, that they, they, they don't even understand what's going on. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's that control issue, man. It's kind of sad. Parents are often the last to know because young people are not going to want to um, appear as though they are not responsible. They don't want their freedoms limited by a parent who says, no, you can't go out anymore, you can't talk on the phone. They generally just want their privacy around their relationship issues. I was 15 years old, and for the first month and a half, you know, it was perfect. You know, I couldn't ask for more, but I guess things just weren't going well. And so we broke up, and we get back together, and we break up. I mean, I don't know how many times, probably over a dozen, but like, he... You know, said I shouldn't wear makeup or I shouldn't wear that shirt because it, it shows too much or I shouldn't wear those shorts because they're too short or stuff, stuff like that. But he wanted to spend all this time with me, but yet he could still have his own friends that, you know, he can go and do whatever. But, you know, I had to I had isolate myself at home. I lost all my friends and I didn't do anything except sit at home and watch TV. Something felt wrong. We tend to think that kids are engaging in lots of fun and frivolous activities and fads and you know silly things that, that we see them doing and, and we think that their lives are generally sort of fun and, and um, not fraught with different kinds of danger or abuse. But there really is a hidden side to teen life that in some cases includes abuse and abusive dating relationships. As early as 8th and ninth grade, 
one in four students, both boys and girls, report some form of dating abuse, which can include physical, verbal, emotional, or sexual abuse. This is a bigger problem than we realize. There are very unhealthy dating behaviors and expectations for relationships that are being established in adolescence. And if we don't address them early, we're going to see patterns of abusive relationships later on. They put you down. They tell you, you know, you're so ugly, you're so fat, nobody else is going to want to get with you. And then you start to believe it after a while. And then she started to, you know, disrespect me in front of my friends, making jokes about me, flirting with other guys, bringing me down in front of other people. I don't want that. Well, I mean, being 14, 15 years old, no one has the right to tell you who you can talk to or what you can wear or if you can wear makeup or if you can't. You know, that should be your choice. I mean, at first it was just like, well, you can't wear too short of shorts. But then it went to like spaghetti strap shirts and it went to where it was just jeans and like long sleeves. That's all. And then it got to where who I couldn't talk to. If he didn't like the girl, I couldn't talk to her. You know, I couldn't talk to boys. And then it got to where I couldn't go anywhere without calling. I couldn't go to family's house, even if it was family right down the street. He didn't want me there. He'd rather me be at home, even if it was by myself, just so he knew where I was. I asked her, why do you let him tell you what you can wear? Or why, or why don't you ever wear makeup anymore? And, you know, then, of course, that it would all get turned around. Well, you think I'm ugly without it. his way, you know, he, he threatened to hit me or something like that, and he got crazy. He had this thing he had to pass, so I'd go over to his house every night, tutor him, make him do his work, but if I pulled out my homework, he'd take it and not let me study. You know, I guess you start thinking you're, you're not going to get another one. You know, you're willing to put up with anything. At least I was. It's like you forget details about the bad times, but you remember details about the good times. And I mean, it's a struggle because it's like one minute you're like, I want, I want out of this, and I'm going to get out of this no matter what it takes. But then the next minute you're like, oh, I don't want to. And then you go back, and it's like it's off and on, off and on. Then as it starts to escalate and get worse, you kind of felt like you'll never find anybody else, or that if you do, they're going to all be that way. I was very struck with um, my high school students that I would work with about not wanting to be single. These are 15, 16-year-olds not wanting to be single. And my, my initial comment, I don't know how appropriate it was, but it's like, you're supposed to be single. You're 15. Teens wear their hearts on their sleeve, man. They have so much passion. And, you know, a 14, 15-year-old person who's never been in a relationship before, they think this is just the way it is. I was just depressed, and uh, my grades had dropped. I had made all A's. You don't want to shower in the morning. You don't want to get up and shower. You just get up, put clothes on, go to school. If you're mentally abused, then that can shoot you down just as much as a fist could. We talk a lot about the numbers and the statistics, um, but we often forget how personally painful this is for these kids. 
They often drop out of activities that they really enjoyed. They're isolated from friends and family. They often do worse in school. Their grades go down. And their self-esteem is battered and sometimes destroyed. And in general, they're just very ashamed to talk about this with other people. And that's really isolating, too. Like, the first couple of weeks, if you told her something that she didn't like, she would, like, break down. You said you would call me! I'm sorry! I don't understand. I'm sorry. And I was like, well, this is a weak one, so I can tell her whatever I want to, and she'll do it. And that's what made me feel like I could tell her to do anything. Like, where she can go and who she can talk to. And told her, like, well, I don't like that shirt, so don't wear it. So she picked another shirt. She was crying because I was doing all this stuff. At the time, it made me feel good. I just like the power, the control. I think power, they related to respect. Power equals respect, and that they're going to get it some way. If they can't get it at home, if they can't get it through the school system, they got to have power and control over something. Respect is not exercising your power over somebody. In fact, it's sharing power with your partner and making decisions together or having the ability to make your own decisions and express yourself freely. Um, it's about being supported and loved in your relationship. And there will be conflict in every relationship. So it's also about learning how do you resolve those conflicts constructively. Like when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, I'm a punk. I, just, I can't believe it, I did all this stuff to her. And she was nice to me. I had a party like a week ago or whatever, and he was there, and he was like with his friends, and I was like, come over here now, and all this other stuff, and he'll come. So I was like, then when I went home, I was like, no, nah, that's not how I'm supposed to act, you know. Well, I feel myself being kind of controlling, but I try to stop myself. Yeah, you can't change them, which is what I had always told myself. I was like, oh, he'll change, he'll change, he cares about me, he's going to change. They're not going to change themselves unless they want to change themselves. So many people out there have perfect relationships and where they both respect each other and they both love each other fully and they found it. And if you know that you're worth more, I don't think that you should stay with the person and sell yourself short. When I was in school, I didn't know any of the signs of controlling or abusive relationships um, until I had gotten in one and I went to counseling. And then I learned, and now I see it all the time. Warning signs could be crying on the phone, withdrawing from friends and family, um, dropping out of activities, changes in appearance. Any of the signs that would tell us that a young person was in trouble. It just happened in, in health class one day. We were watching, we, you know, we got on the, the topic of abuse and we were watching a video. And that's when it clicked. And the way that relationship was, was exactly the way that mine and my boyfriend was. If your boyfriend starts telling you that it's not important to hang out with your family anymore and that it's more important to hang out with him, that's the biggest warning sign ever. There's certainly subtle forms of abuse, like controlling behaviors. But parents need to understand it can go well above and beyond that to include things like threats, threats to harm oneself or one's dating partner, uh, can include destruction of property, um, and even all the way up to injury and death. You know, I kind of felt bad about myself. I started wondering, 
you know, what kind of a person am I? What, what, what do I want out of life? You know, is this how I want to be treated the rest of my life? The answer is no. You know, I want respect. I want to be able to give someone respect, and I want respect back. Just ways that, you know, he would talk to me. I mean, he was putting me down more than I'd ever been put down in my life. And so it was just like, you know, you don't realize it until you step back from it and take some time and look at it. You need to be cognizant of these, you know, even subtle changes in behavior that, that, that might indicate there's something there she's not telling me, you know. There's something there, something kind of strange going on. And don't be afraid to ask. All of us have a role in preventing this. It's not inevitable. It doesn't have to be this way. Violence does not have to occur. It's not necessarily a natural thing that we just throw up our hands and say, well, that's human nature. Um, so, yes, I think parents and all of us can go a long way toward preventing it. What parents can do is model healthy relationships in their homes for their children. And that doesn't mean don't argue or don't have conflict, but demonstrate how that can be resolved in a respectful manner. I think children learn so much by watching their parents fight. Try to share power as much as possible in, in appropriate situations so that young people grow up with an expectation that um, they have their own power. You have your own control again. I mean, it, where you have to work to get it back. Because, I mean, for months afterwards, you're still telling yourself, oh, you're not going to get anybody. But, I mean, when you work it back up, it feels great. Friends, family, teachers, community members, strangers on the street, all of us have a role. If we see abusive behavior, and if it's safe, we should step in and say something, do something, help a friend. Um, if it's not safe, we should go get somebody else who can help. But the important thing is to do something. There was this one guy that tried talking to me while I was on the computer. Just working on some schoolwork that needs to get done. Oh, you've got, you know, maybe if you gave me your phone number, uh, I wouldn't be so distracting. And um, he got mad at me just because I told him to leave me alone, so he just started cursing me out. It's just a phone number. Why can't you just give it to me? Okay. If it's just a phone number, why is it such a yeah, big deal? Yeah, yeah, it's just a stupid computer. Whoops, whoops, wow. Yeah, see ya. I felt like, what's going on? You know, I don't even know you. <laughs> I just told the principal, and she dealt with it, and she took care of it. Schools really need to address this issue in a comprehensive way, beginning with policies that define dating violence and sexual harassment and lay out a protocol for school personnel to follow when they get reports of dating violence or when they witness an incident and how to support the victim in staying safe and how to provide educational and therapeutic um, interventions for the young person who's uh, the abuser. Like first time you even see them be abusive or like they're gonna hit you or they get loud and they don't know how to control it then that's when you should leave a person we have to help we have to help we all have to start naming it we have to start claiming it and we got to stop it i don't think you should waste any time when you even have the little bit of a feeling that it's going to get abusive just either get away and just 
break up with them. I mean, don't talk to them. And if it, if it gets to the point where they're not leaving you alone, then take it to somebody. Take it to your parents. Take it to the police. Do something. I mean, it's like you don't ever have to be abused by anyone. Keep, keep on. Just keep talking to them, talking at them. If it feels like that, they are listening. Um, get connected with other parents. I have that set up with friends of mine who have daughters the same age. We've been together a long time. We talk about everything under the sun. So it's really staying connected um, with kids and with other parents. Ask the family, ask the friend, you know, ask anyone. The important thing is that you're not dealing with it yourself, that you're trying to talk with someone and work it through, because you're not going to deal with it alone. You shouldn't have to. I just did it cold turkey. I broke it off, didn't answer the calls, you know, changed my number, everything. And I salute anybody who can do that. I think unconditional love is, is critical for everything. You have the opportunity to provide that safe foundation for them. Um, that uh, no matter what goes on, I can always go home, I can always go to mom or dad. If you suspect something, don't, don't ignore it. You know, kids say they need privacy. They want their privacy. <laughs> Give them no privacy. If you think that your child is being harmed by somebody, I mean, male or female, I just wouldn't give up <laughs> until you find out. Get your stuff back on your feet, and then when you realize that you're ready for a relationship again, get to know that person and know that he won't make the mistakes or she won't make the mistakes that your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend did. Think about before you start yelling and, you know, throwing things. You can always sit down and think about stuff. I mean, can you can talk it out. There's a moment right before you hit someone that you could stop. You could say, wait a minute, you know, this is not right. So basically, you got to give respect to get respect. If you keep doing what you're doing to your partner, it's just going to make your partner feel bad. And you want to see your partner be happy. Parents have a right to know where their children are who they're going with, when they're going to be home. They have a right to know all those things and ask about them, what happened at school today. Um, they also have a responsibility to model healthy relationships and healthy behaviors, whether that's showing love and support or showing how you resolve conflict in a way that's respectful and nonviolent. Um, and also keeping the lines of communication open is really important. Parents need to let their children know that they can come to them with anything and they can confide in them and share their, their pain or share anything that would be important to them without being afraid of being punished or having privileges taken away. And those are all really important ways that parents can show their children that they love them. Whether you are together or apart, you should love your child, period. Because that's what the young ladies are looking for and that's what the young men are looking for. They're looking for somebody to love until you do that and then that child knows unconditionally that they are loved and that that's when the respect comes in because if you love me enough I know what love is and this is not part of love love your child What does an abusive relationship look like? 
The immediate scenario that pops into your head is likely not a teen or preteen couple, but unfortunately, teen dating violence is a reality for 1.5 million high school students across the U.S. every year who experience some form of dating violence from a boyfriend or girlfriend. Dating violence is defined as a pattern of controlling or abusive behaviors perpetrated by a current or former dating partner. Abusers can be male or female. Teens use the abuse to manipulate or control the other person in the relationship through behaviors ranging from intimidation, severe physical, and sexual abuse. If you need help, or maybe you know someone that needs help, you can call The Haven at 325-597-7644. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month. Help us make a difference. KNEL, making a difference in the heart of Texas and Texas Hill Country. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.